Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. Today is a very special edition of the podcast, as it is Veterans Day, and my guest today is Corey Rosencrantz. He is an electric lines apprentice here at Consumers Energy, and he's also a military veteran. So, Corey, if you'll introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Okay. Hello, Corey Rosencrantz, like you said. I am um, an apprentice lineman here out of Traverse City. I got out of the Army September 12th of 2020, and this job posting came up, and I went through the pipeline, and now here I am six months later. So I had all the choices in the state for headquarters to go to, and I chose Traverse City because I love the snow. So I'm hoping that I get to see some of that this winter. Well, you're in the right state and the right part of the state for that, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. <laughs> That's a beautiful area up there. Are you from Michigan originally? I went to high school in Michigan for two years, and then I went off with the Army. But living here for that two years gave me enough recognition of where I wanted to be in the state. And the only family I have in the state is my mother in Harbor Springs. So it's nice to be an hour and a half from her, especially coming out of the military, being gone for four years. She cried when she found that I was going to be an hour and a half from her. Oh, that that's excellent. I You know, it's, it's funny. I always try, whenever I moved around in the military, it was always trying to stay close enough to family so that we could visit, but far enough away that they had to call first. Mm-hmm. A good airport goes a long way every year. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, it does. That's that's for sure. So before you came to Michigan, then where did you live? So I when I I mean I did two years in Germany and then two years in Nashville, Tennessee, which brought me here directly before like I came to Michigan. But prior to my two years of high school, I'm from the state of West Virginia. How did you end up in Michigan? Um, my mother married up here, and I was primarily raised with my father. Him and I are best friends to this day, but I fell in love with the state of Michigan one summer, and it's pretty much that simple. She lived on a lake. I came up here. I went to the Silver Lake Sand Dunes. I went up to Traverse City. I saw the state and all it had to offer, and I thought, wow, you know what? Maybe it's time I move in with my mom, spend some time with her, and I was a sucker for the lakes. I was born and raised here, spent about 10 years away when I was on active duty, but I know what you mean. There's just that draw back to Michigan um, for me, it's having four distinct seasons. I've lived in a lot of places where there's really no seasons. It's usually summer or summer. <laughs> but uh, here you get, uh, right now, we're experiencing fall like it like it normally is here in Michigan. So Fall will be winter here real soon. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I'll still be enjoying the leaves changing while you're yep. shoveling snow. So yep. I'll <laughs> definitely give you that. So you come to Michigan, you go to school, and what prompted you to join the military? My answer for that's very simple. It was childhood idolization. So an uncle that joined a grandfather in Vietnam, it was truly the just young American dream growing up as a kid. And I thought to myself, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So let me sacrifice and give four years of my life for something that means a lot to me. And then I can carry that with me forever. Whether I want to do four years in the army or I want to do 35 years in the army, I knew that I wanted to do it. And there really was no there was nothing persuading me from that. I, I was set on it, and there I went. And what drew you to the Army? Was it was it that whole um, uh, family history? Uh, did the Army just offer things you liked more? What, what drew you to the Army as opposed to other branches of service? It was definitely the family history, the lineage. Grandfather was in the Army. The uncle at the time that influenced me was in the Army. So, so that was kind of what I was was always seeing. So there really wasn't, I did, you know, there, there were no Marines, there were no airmen, there was nothing like that. So that was just my impression as a young kid. 
Okay. Now, my my brother and my father were both Marines, so I grew up making hospital corners on my bed and all of those things. So naturally, I joined the Navy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Want to do something a little bit different? So, what did what what was your job in the Army? What was your MLS? What did you do? So I was an infantryman, but with that, early on, I got the chance to go to sniper school, and. Well, it's crazy because I wanted to be a sniper my whole childhood. I mean, I remember 14 years old, I wanted to be a sniper. I even shared a photo on my social media. Well, now, if you look up that weapon system, I'm actually one of the people that pop up online. And it's crazy to look back on that. Like, all of a sudden, I was chosen to be a sniper. I went to sniper school, tried my best, passed, and then spent the rest of my career as that. I mean, my career only being four years in the Army, but that's what I did during my time. Well, and some people would say, okay, infantry, sniper, but how does, how does that help you? Like when you get out, how does that help you in the civilian world? And there, there's a hard reality to that. I mean, a lot of people join the army for something after I joined because I just wanted to join the army. But then I, I did start to learn two years in, wow, my skill sets don't really transition to much out there. I mean, they do. I have a lot of core values that will benefit me in my career, in my future, but by no means that I have any hard set skills that correlated to one thing. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a radio operator or something in the medical side of the field. I mean, I, my job can't, you can't go very many places shooting a sniper rifle. So. Well, that's true. But something we talked about before we started recording this was, you know, being early, being 15 minutes early and uh, in those sorts of things. So is that, are those things that you learned, uh, you know, regardless of your MLS, those are things that you learn in the military. What are some of the things that you brought from the military to the civilian world that, that makes you marketable then? Yeah. So a lot of the soft skills that we bring with us, I mean, you have, you, it's almost like, especially if we're talking about consumers or the job I'm in now, the, one of the biggest things we understand is chain of command and the pecking order of how things works. I, I know my place. I'm going to do the best in my place to advance to the next place and so on and so on. And you have just the decency skills. I mean, the small things like waking up and putting yourself together and being presentable. You, it's You're almost raised. It almost goes with how you are raised too. And you have to like a certain way you present yourself. And that's why you have grooming standards in the military. There are certain subconscious at subconscious actions you take that you were taught you never knew that transcribe to your everyday life even before this meeting i went in and brushed my teeth i mean well, I, nobody you know nobody's around but i went in and brushed my teeth just because it's a subconscious effort by me that will consciously show to the audience that you're making an attempt well and i think that goes right back to when you get up in the morning and make your bed like that's i used to fight that when i was a kid like why do i have to make my bed and now it's it's just built in. Like that's how I start my day with one small accomplishment of making my bed. And then that translates into other things throughout the day. Do you think that the uh, discipline and, and the things that you learned in the army also uh, help you when it comes to safety on the job and following standards and procedures and things like that? that that's actually one of my talking points on here. The job that we do, you know, speaking from my side of things in the, in the electrical division, it's a dangerous job. So the nature of our work, it is dangerous. And the company has a great safety manual that we follow, but th yes, the company wants us to be safe, but we want us to be safe just as much. And so does every single person I work with. It was very reassuring to show up to a job. They're not cutting corners. Like they care about, like the company cares about your safety, but the guys you work with care about your safety a lot too. So that, that, that's where the whole brotherhood aspect comes in that I'm sure we'll get into later in the podcast. 
but yes, I mean, it, this, you have to recognize the nature of the job and it will humble you. So having each other's back on the job site totally correlates from the military and it's something we practice every day. Well, and it's interesting because that's something I used to talk to my folks about. So when I was a uh, electric line supervisor, even a gas line supervisor, as well as the manager of electric distribution, I would tell my folks, you know, my time in the military showed me one thing, and that is that when we're out there doing our jobs, the enemy may be different. You know, my enemy was someone who I was in combat with, but your enemy is something bad happening on that job. But the result is the same. It's either injury or death, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a different enemy, but the same result. So I can understand where that kind of kind of comes in. So let's talk about that now, and let's not wait further into the podcast. When we talk about that person to your left or your right, who's got your back and you've got, got their back, like when you're out in the field, many times you are all you have when you're out there doing your thing. So how did the Army prepare you for that? I mean, you have to know there are time, there's a time and a place where you're on your own, but there's a time and a place where a team is valuable and it matters. And you need to respect when, I mean, everybody here knows that you're, there's no such thing as a one-man team. I know it sounds a little corny, but when you're out there with your crew, you're all going to work in sync. I mean, there is no going rogue and doing your own thing that you're not going to get anywhere. You can, you can try that all you want, but it's not going to get you anywhere. When you can establish that crew, it's going to benefit everybody exponentially. So it, it has almost like a compounding effect. You know, when you when you develop the team and things flow very easily, it'll make your life a lot easier and everyone's going to go home safer. So what's it like being in the civilian world and also knowing that that person next to you has your back, whether or not you argued about something earlier in the day? Like when you're out on that job, you guys all still have each other's backs. Oh, you can you cannot get along with somebody in your personal life. You can butt heads, you, you whatever. When you're on the job, it doesn't matter who you are. From my experience, everybody here is going to look out for you. And they might not even look out for you in a soft way. It might involve pushing you down to get you to safety. It doesn't matter what it is. There's a knee-jerk reaction to safety when it's your brother to your left and your right. And that split-second moment, you don't you don't care what their beliefs are. You don't. There's nothing that matters in that moment. You're going to look out for them. They're going to look out for you. That, that, that truly is one of the best things that I've learned in my six-month time here working this job. So what was that transition like from the military? I mean, you, you're recently out of the military, um, more recently than most people that I talked to. Uh, so what was that like? Because you kind of went right from high school to the Army, and now you're here at Consumers Energy. Uh, what were some of the things that were uh, an easy transition, and what were some of the things that challenged you? The, I mean, the easy transition was the sense of, guidance that the company brings i mean you you when you fall when you come from the military which is very stable and then you come to consumers which is very stable those two things going hand in hand basically foster an environment that you can succeed in because if you're used to that and you're not going rogue and you're being becoming part of a team it it i can confidently say it was not a, it was not a hard transition for me i mean there are times where i think this is almost too good to be true i think man how did i how did my life flow so easily to this point and then now you're here and you look back and you're like i i never struggled at all and i reached out to some guys prior to this podcast and i'm like hey tell me something how you felt about the transition and connor kovec out of west Kent, he told me transitioning into civilian life i feel like i lost my family hiring into consumers as a line apprentice gave me a new job with a new family i know it sounds like we're just boosting the company here but it is something that is beneficial to us i mean that's Coming from another veteran, he recently, I want to say he got out two years ago. 
but we're at the same step. And that's, I mean, that's a big deal right there. I left the Navy in 1993 and spent a year kind of figuring out where I belonged. And so 27 years ago, 27 years ago in September, last September, I um, came to Consumers Energy. And what you're saying today is the same thing that I felt back then, uh, you know, was here's a place where there is this chain of command. Here's a place where no matter no matter what, we are looking out for one another to make sure that we're, we're all go home safe at the end of the day. Now, we may not be best buds and we may not go to dinner and all those other things, but when we're at work and it comes to safety, we're watching each other's backs. And it's good to hear that the things that drew me here uh, as a recently separated military guy uh, are pretty much the same. Like those are the things yeah. that I'm glad have have not changed. There's been a lot of change in that time, but that's one of those things that's really stuck around. But so, what what was a challenge for you when you were transitioning from military to civilian world? I, I was starting from the bottom, so you know, and your four in my four years in the military, you can move up pretty fast. You can be in charge, and then now I'm put at the bottom of the totem pole. So the biggest challenge for me was taking a step back and like, hey, you're not in charge. You've got to, you've got to, you know, sweep the deck before you can drive the boat mentality. And I, I wouldn't say that was hard, but by I mean to this day, I'm still like, okay, Corey, just take a step back. You're not the boss anymore, you know. So I feel I just make sure I know my place. But in terms of let's say we take the company out of the factor and just getting back into the real world. I I never really had too many struggles. I'm trying to think of them, but I don't nothing really struggled me too much because I was preparing for this for a while, for about six months to getting out. Well, it sounds to me like you you uh there are no coincidences in your life. Like you have prepared yourself for all of these things that you are going to do. Um not typical to be honest with you like i i joined the navy a couple years out of high school because one i was terrible at college and two my girlfriend dumped me and moved out east and i was like well i'm gonna join the navy i'm gonna do if something you, if you ask anybody that knows me i'm a very calculated person so most things in my life happen but they happen for a reason from the work i do behind the scenes it might not seem like it from the outside point of view but normally behind the scenes i've somehow facilitated that yes well, and it, and it makes sense, and it shows in in uh, where you're at in your life. Um, you know, at at relatively a young age compared to a guy like me, uh, you're kind of on that right path, and you know you know where you want to head. Something I did want to talk about, though, uh, since it is Veterans Day, is what does Veterans Day mean to you? Here, here's the crazy thing. I just had this conversation with somebody. Even I'm a veteran and it almost doesn't even feel that way. When I think of Veterans Day, I think about my grandfather, my uncle, guys I knew that I used to look up to as a little kid. I think about those guys. Yeah, you think about your brothers and that you served with, but I still look up to the guys like I'm a little kid. By no means do I think, oh, wow, I'm that guy. It's just like when I hand my USAA card to someone and they're like, oh, you get a military discount. I'm like, yeah, I never even, it just doesn't register you to. So I still look at it. From an outside, I, I still look at it from an outside point of view, looking up to those people that shaped the nation prior to me and that are still doing it to this day. That's interesting because I felt that way myself. Like you don't look at yourself as a as a veteran. It's the guys from the VFW or the American Legion that are at the parades. That's what I think of when I think of veteran. But you know, pe- there are people out there either 
who are currently doing this or will be doing this. And, and that is that there are people who will be looking up to you as a veteran and shaping their lives because of the things that you have done. And I didn't get that message for a long time. My, uh, as an example, my son, uh, had talked about joining the military and when he was in high school, he was, he was overweight. And, uh, from the time he graduated till the time he joined, which was a, a little less than a year, he dropped a hundred pounds and really buckled down and studied and got into the army. And I was fortunate. Um, I had just gotten commissioned. So I was fortunate enough to, uh, swear him in. And I was very proud that he was in the army. But what I didn't know was something he said later on that he did that because he wanted to be like me. Mm -hmm. And I never saw myself in that position until just then. Mm -hmm. And I, I realize that everything we do, people people watch, people see, people uh, pay attention to it, you know. And so you are that veteran now. And how does that make you feel? Yeah, I mean, it does make you feel. I mean, it it does make you feel great when you focus in on times like this. It it does give you a sense of pride and gratitude, and like you're just happy to be able to do it. And even in the role now of being offered this interview, I was excited just to say yes, because now this is a way for me to speak to veterans if they're having any questions or they want to get in. This is like my chance now to speak speak to them. So th now that's, that's the track I'm on. So for both reasons, whether this be for Veterans Day or speaking to veterans, it all comes back to the same sense of, I, I guess, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like corny, but pride and giving back. And it's, it's a whole thing. So I'm, again, this, I'm happy to be on this podcast. Well, and, and there's nothing corny about any of those uh, yeah. values, right? I mean, we like to think they're corny, but really, that's right. those those are patriotic American values, yeah. uh, which is part of the reason why we went in the military. And and for the audience that doesn't know, Corey and I were part of a panel with the state of Michigan where we talked about apprenticeship programs, uh, specifically around veterans. And Corey did an excellent job, and that's one of the reasons that I said, "Hey, we got to get you on this podcast because um, I enjoyed your story. I enjoyed the things that you shared." Uh, with that panel and the folks on the panel, till this day, when I go to other uh, meetings and things like that, they always talk about the time where where you were on there and ask how you're doing. So um, just wanted to say great job on that uh, and appreciate it. So we are getting down to the, close to the end of the podcast. Before we go, is there anything that you would like to share with the audience? Any message you'd like to leave them with? Oh, for talking to veteran trying to get in this is a great company to get in with a great career a great field there's gi benefits on the table that you can utilize and use and take advantage of that make every effort you can to get into the company it provides stability for your family and that, that's what matters to you most when you get out and then for anybody else that's watching that's already in the company or anything again us veterans are happy to be here and thank you for kind of reaching out for veterans day and making this happen so it shows that you know there are people out there that care and it means I get, you know, even talking about this now, it's kind of hitting me that it does mean a lot. So thank you. Definitely appreciate you taking the time out to come on the show and uh, talk to our audience and other veterans that are out there. Um, I, you know, thank you for your service um, to our country and now to our company and appreciate all that you've done, Corey. And hopefully uh, in the near future, we can get together again and see how things are going in your apprenticeship. Looking forward to it. And thank you to the audience for tuning in today. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And be sure to take a few minutes and fill out our survey to let us know how we're doing. That can be found at http colon slash slash 
bit.ly slash me dash y-o-u dash u-s. And remember to tune in every Wednesday when we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.